Okay, that's perfect now. So yeah, that's my um, definition of parenting. Anyone, any, anyone at all that I'm, that because every point in our lives, you know, we meet people that are around us. And at that moment in time, you know, those are the ones that we can kind of rub off on. Let me put it that way. And then they grow up, you know, then maybe later on you go to another environment or something, you meet another set. And for me, it's, that's, that's the way I see parenting. It's being able to rub off on, you know, whoever it is, whoever that child is at that time. And I hope everyone sees parenting that way. It's not just about your children, because I see that the world, you know, if you don't take care of somebody else's children, one way or the other, you know, they will influence your child. So we are all kind of revolving. We're all kind of is in a circle, the world in a circle. I remember when my son turned 18 recently and um, there's this um, person that myself and my husband, I, we remember when he was kind of early 20s, you know, his parents, they'll be like, oh, this, that, that, that. And they'll talk to us and then we talk to him. And I was so filled with joy in December when he sent me a link. You know, and I logged on and I saw him talk about Christ and it was like amazing time of my life. You know what? After the event, he then said to me, he was like, oh, I thought he's going to turn 18 soon. Can I have his number so that I can start passing on those things that you did for me then and I, I can start helping him? And that's the world. The world is a circle. The world is a circle. Whatever we reap, we sow. But yeah, tonight... I have someone who is very special. She's special to me because I, I think I even talk to her almost every day. We talk, you know, but I don't take her for granted at all. I love her. I appreciate her. Um, her name is Pastor Tayo Ulumaki, but I call her PT. Um, she's an entrepreneur. She's a leader, a writer, a trainer, an ordained pastor. She has a women ministry called The Praying Mom with PT. She's very soft, but when she's... um. When she takes on that spirit, she's not soft. She's, she's like a different person talking. And she prays with moms for children using the alphabet A to Z. And um, God has used pity to encourage and counsel women on relationships. And she also hosts um, the Apostolic Women Convention every year. Pete is the founder of Great Help Foundation, a charity organization to help the less privileged in Africa. She's extremely passionate about caring helping and encouraging women to fulfill their purpose. She also serves alongside her husband in prayer and liberation ministries, IPAM, which he coordinates in Kent, UK. They are blessed with two children. So good evening, PT. Thank you so much for coming. Um, thank you for honoring the invitation. I appreciate you. If I've not told you that before, I know you know anyway. I appreciate you. So tonight, yes, please, just take it on. Thank you very much. Yeah, good evening, Pastor Bumi. I don't know if you all can hear me. Good evening, Pastor Bumi. Good evening. Thank you so much for, for having me today. Thank you for inviting me to your platform. And um, I really appreciate and commend the amazing work that God is doing through you. And I pray that God will continue to give you grace in the name of Jesus. Um, it's good to be here. Like I said, good evening, everyone. We're going to be talking about godly parenting today, and I pray that the Holy Spirit will um, pray through us. Thank you, Sister Flora, for that amazing prayers. You have set the, the, the field rolling and um, with my Samsung. So, like iPhone 11, is the same manner for all iPhone 11s. But it's not the same when we have children. Even though it's the same Bible, but the way God wants to deal with them is different. It's different. For instance, you might have five, two or three children, depending on 
the way God has destined them to be, that's what will determine their development in life. Mm. So you cannot say because child A crawled at six months, child B would therefore would crawl at six months. Because God has fashioned them differently. Mm. God has fashioned them separately in a different way. Mm. So we have to understand as parents and settle it in our spirit that each child that God has blessed us with, they are different, completely different. It doesn't even matter if they are twins. They are different because God has destined them to be different. And God knows them even from the mother's womb. That's why the Bible says in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1, verse 5a, it says, before I formed you, in the, your mother's womb, I knew you. So God knows that child that you are carrying in your womb before you, before you, before you, you were, the child was even born. And Bible says, before you were born, I sanctified you. And God, because God knew them, God has a plan for them. That is why He said in the book of Jeremiah twenty nine verse eleven, He says, "For I know the plans that I have towards you." He says, "Plans to prosper you." So God wants to prosper that child. That he has given unto you. He says not to harm them. So God does not have any intention to harm our children. So we need to settle it in our spirit, first of all, that we are caretakers. These children belong to God. And God has a destiny for each child. When my children were young, we come into our rooms in the morning and then we pray, you know. But we find out that as, as time goes on, it didn't really work again. So we had to change it to something else. So there was a time when we would go downstairs in the, in the lounge and we do different, uh, different. So keep changing it, keep changing it. And the moment sometimes we put on YouTube, we tell, because we notice that sometimes these children don't want to get involved in even, the, sometimes they won't even open their mouth to sing. It's not that they don't know the song, but they just get bored because of the whole ways that we're used to doing things. So we have to like introduce something else. We, say, we tell my son, can you put something on YouTube? You give us a song. And we found out that he was trying to, he was now getting more involved in it. So if it's his song that he has chosen, definitely we open his mouth to sing. So this, this kind of things will work out for us as godly parents. Let's not make it boring for the children. Bible says in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 and 7, it says these commandments that I give to you today are from, it says, are to be on your hearts. It says impress them on your children. So it is your responsibility as a parent to impress the commandments of God in the hearts of your children. Bible says talk about them. So you need to talk about them. Find a way of talking about them. Talk about them to your children. Encourage them. Let them do scriptures challenge. Reward them. Find a reward system. Wherever, wherever, wherever you, you tell them if they learn a scripture, one day you give them. So, 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 so try and encourage them to learn scriptures. Encourage them to learn scriptures. Don't force it down their throats. Encourage them. You could have a scripture board. Another thing you could have is a scripture board where you put scriptures of the day on where everybody, every member of the family can see it. So you can try and rotate it by family. It could be maybe your the mom would put it on today, the son or the daughter or whatever, depending on how many people are in the family. You do like a rotation. And if that doesn't work, try something else. Always depend on the Holy Spirit to give you ideas. Because the Holy Spirit never run, runs out of ideas. So let your heart be dependent. Let, let your heart depend on God for ideas. So Bible says, impress them on your heart. Talk about them. When you sit at home, when you walk along, talk about them. When you lie down, when you get up. So it's very important. So it, it's your responsibility to make sure that your children know the God that you serve. You can't just leave your children's relationship to God by chance. You can't. You can't leave it to chance. You can't afford to do it. You can't just say because, 
oh, because I, I've been preaching to my son, I've been telling my son about God, or I've taken him to church since he was young, and now he's departing from it, so because of that, I'm just going to leave him. No, you can't afford to. As a mother, you have to keep doing it. Keep pressing. You can't give up. Keep pressing. You can't leave it to chance. You can't say if they go to uni, they will join fellowship. What if they go and they don't join fellowship? So as a parent, as a godly parent, you cannot leave your, the relationship of, of your children to God with to chance at all. You can't. The thing I want to talk about this evening is your lifestyle. As a godly parent, your lifestyle. Our children, they watch what we do. They, 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 will, they watch if we do it right or, or if we do it wrong. Even though sometimes they might not say, say it, it's not all of them that will talk. Especially as they get older, they won't say anything. So when they are still young or toddler, they can say, oh, mommy, why are you doing that? You told me not. As they get older, they just keep to themselves. So your lifestyle is very, very important in godly parenting. The word of God says in the book of 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 12, that says, be an example to believers in speech. What do you say? In speech, it says in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. So you have to be an example to your children. Somebody is always following you. Somebody is always following you. And the number one person that always follows you is the person that sees you, that you wake up in the morning, they see you every day, and that's your children. They are always following you, always following you. I heard a story about a man who had, an, who had a habit of... Um, of always stopping by at the bar every morning on his way to work. He just had that habit. He gets drunk. And um, I don't know what type of job he was doing, but he stops at the bar every morning to, 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 to get something and on his way to work. So one morning it was very snowy and it was, the snow was really coming down and he was going to the bar as, as usual. So as he was going, he noticed that he had a footstep behind him. And he turned back to look at it, as he took a bend, he turned back to look at who was following him. It was his 10-year-old son following him. The boy was actually putting his foot in the, in the prince that the dad had left as a result of the snow. You know, when you walk in the snow, and, the, and it's actually when the snow is very thick, you leave a footprint. So the boy was actually putting his foot in the, foot, in the prince that his dad has left. So the dad just carried him and he went. He went because he knew that his lifestyle was not the lifestyle that his children should follow. He went back home, he wept, and he was and he, and he confessed to God, and, and God heard him. So, so somebody is always following you, and that's your children. Mm. Bible says in the book of Proverbs 20, verse 7, the righteous man walks, it says the righteous man walks in his, in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. So we've got to make sure as godly parents, that our lifestyles portray the lifestyle of God. So godly parents, our lifestyle portray the lifestyle of God. Bible says in the book of Proverbs 22, verse 6, it says, start a children off on the way they should go. It says that even when they grow old, they will not depart from it. So our lifestyle is very important. So if we are starting them the way they should go, we should ensure that our lifestyle as well is good so that we can start off in the right way. Gratitude is another lifestyle that we need to have. When we, are, when we are grateful as godly parents, when we are grateful as godly parents, our children too will express gratitude. Let gratitude be our lifestyle. Because when we are grateful, our children will be grateful for the things that they have. They will be grateful to the God that we serve. So when, when you are grateful as a Christian, it's easier 
for you to serve God. So gratitude is very important. My son, I, I mean, I just noticed that every time he, every time I give him food and he finishes it in, he will just come and say, thank you, mom, for the meal. I didn't teach him to be quite honest because my daughter doesn't do that. And, I, and I've never told him to say, every time I give him food, come and say thank you. I'm not once. But I just noticed that he does it. The first time he did it, I said, what did you say? He said, I, I was thanking you for the meal. I was like, wow. Up to today, he does it. So anytime I cook, and or anybody, even if it's not me, even if it's dad, even if it's the sister, after eating, we'll say, we'll come to you and say thank you for the meal. If it goes to anybody's house and you give him food, he finishes eating, we'll come and meet you wherever you you are and say thank you for the meal. That's the attitude of gratitude. We need to be grateful, and we need to have that lifestyle so that our children will be grateful for every little thing that we give them. Gratitude very important for godly parents. The another thing that is very important. I don't know if I'm talking. I'm, I hope I'm not talking too fast. Because I can I can be a fast talker. Another thing that, that as godly parents we should have is that we should speak positive words to our children. Positive words. Bible says in the book of Proverbs 3, 26, I love the New Living Translation. It says, when she speaks, our words are wise. How are your words? Are they wise? Do they speak wisdom to the children that God has blessed you with? So as godly parents, we should speak positive words into the lives of our children. Bible says, and she gives instructions with kindness. Kindness is a key word there. When we give instructions to our children, let's be kind. No matter how, how, how we feel like they have hurt us, let's try and pass on the message with, kind, with a kind heart. And let's confess positive words into the lives of our children. I give you an example. When my uh, my my son, when I had him, um, it was I, must, I think it must have been about um, ten or eleven months. Then, I mean, his head was um, an unusual shape then when he was really a little boy. So, and every time I'm trying to put on his clothes, I'm always like, ah, this head is weird. I would just be trying to force the force the clothes on. And when he now got to and hate that he could talk. One day I just pick up his um, his clothes. As I was about to wear it on his head, he just said, my head is big. He just thought, wow, oh my God, I've been confessing negative. I just said, no, your head is not big. Your head is not big. Your head is okay. It's just the right shape. And I begin to confess, it's just the right shape. It's not big. That was, from then, I never, never, I was like, wow. So this boy, all the words I've been saying since he was little, he now got to a level more that he could talk. He told me. So uh, the power, there's power in our words. We need to make sure we confess positive words to our children, not words that are negative, not lazy. We need to say they are hardworking. Not, not that they are untidy, they are tidy. Not that they are not smart, they are intelligent. So every word that we speak matters. The words that will not tear them apart, the words that will build them up are words that we should speak as godly parents. What the, what, what, because the words that we speak creates the atmosphere of our home. Our home does have a, an atmosphere. What is the atmosphere of your home? Is the atmosphere of your home love? Is it freedom? Is it tense? Is it stress? So we need to make sure with the words of our mouth, we create a good atmosphere for our children to be able to develop in. Very important because they will develop if they develop in a good atmosphere. It also helps them when they get married and they, they start building their own own homes. It will help them to go a long way. So let's make sure that we 
that we speak positive words into the into the lives of our children. Very important as godly parents. Respect is also very important. We need to teach our children to respect other people. As godly parents, we need to teach them to respect other people. Nothing hurts. We, we, we need to teach them to respect other people and also respect them as, as our children. It's not about age. Everyone everyone demands a bit of respect. Even, even, if, the, even if the child is a newborn, you need to respect your, your, your children. Nothing hurts like you having a child and, 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 and they're being treated as if they're useless. It, it just hurts them when you treat them as if they're useless, as if they're nobody. So we need to respect our children, especially Africans. We need to make sure that we respect the gifts that God has given unto us. Remember, I told you that they are gifts to us, so we have to treasure them. And part of treasuring them is respecting them, respecting them. So we need to make sure we respect them and not use our tongue to tear them apart. The word of God says in the book of Proverbs 8, verse 21, Bible says that... Okay, I think we've lost PT. I'm not sure. Is it just me or can can anyone confirm, please? Can anyone confirm? I think we've lost her. I'm not sure. Yeah, she's frozen. Okay, she's frozen. Okay, let me just quickly. While we're waiting um, on, I'm just going to read out a few questions that we can all quickly tackle. Um, let me just reach out to her quickly. Um, I was telling her to re-log in. Because there was a question that I received you know during the week and um, maybe we can just tackle the first one so the first question is are parents totally to be blamed when a teenager or young adult does not turn out well that's the first question are parents you know are, are, are we to be blamed when a teenager does not turn out well we to be blamed basically you know when you have a child, you've done all you can, and maybe they don't turn out well. Does anyone want to um, give us an insight to our weight on PT? What are your thoughts? Let's all discuss together. Who is to blame? Can I say something? Of course. Oh, hello, ma. Good evening. <laughs> Welcome. How are Good you? Good to see you yes, here. Thanks. Sorry, I'm late. I'm in between kitchen and all of that. Mm. So, um, But um, I find this uh, question very interesting. And um, because I deal with it as well, I think yes and no, and I'll tell you the reason why. One thing I always say to my children is, I want to be able to stand before God and say, I have done everything that God has told me to do um, about their lives without saying, Lord, I'm sorry, I left this out, I left that out. I think from the perspective of a parent, we need to realize first and foremost when we become parents that this is an assignment from God. It's not just two people coming together and children happened on the way. Remember in Genesis, he says that we should come together and we will give birth to children. We are supposed to procreate. So it's part of 
the package that God gave us in his dominion mandate for us. How else are we going to do, dominate the earth if it's not through the children that we have? And we all know that children, they will live out what they have seen at home. So the primary responsibility lies with us. However, so uh, before I leave that point, so it means that as parents, we need to get to that place where if we take it as an assignment from day one that this child has come in. In fact, before my children came to earth, I was telling one of them the other day, and I said, you know, while you were in my, in my tummy, I was speaking some things into your life, you know? So we have received that assignment from God to bring up these children in the fear and admonition of God. So now, because I have this assignment, I take it as, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do in the life of these children? I was speaking to my younger sister today, talking about a, a decision that uh, her youngest son had made. And I said, you see what? Don't leave this boy and just say, oh, you know, I've tried and uh, I don't want to force him. I said, you have a responsibility to know deep within your heart that you've done everything that you can. Then you can now say, okay, Lord, I have done it. Remember the father of the prodigal son? It was the boy that came, and that is where the responsibility now lies with the child. Every single human being has a choice. God has made it, either your children or whoever they are. Now, the Bible did say that train up a child in the way that he should go. When he grows up, he will not depart from it. Yes, that is the side of the fact that God will honor your work in the life of that child. But please, let us also know that each child has a responsibility to now say i will follow mm. the path of my father remember mm. the book of proverbs is about a man calling his son and saying incline thine ears to my words now if the boy um in in the in proverbs that was being addressed look at all those things apart from 31 where he talks about you know the virtuous woman chapters 1 to 30 talks about a father talking to his son Please excuse me. Has he not spent enough time to speak to that child? If that child now decides and say, "That's my own. That's my father's business." So, me, I want to follow the influence of my friends. Then there is nothing you can do. Look at Rehoboam. He grew up in the palace. He grew up with the, the wisest man on earth, Solomon. Yet he decided he was going to be foolish. What can you do? So. It, 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 it's both, uh, both parents and the child. Each person, once the child has reached an age of accountability and they have decided that they don't want to follow the way of the Lord, the only thing the parents or that child is prayer. That's why each and every one of us, we need to search our hearts. Did I do everything possible? Even when you haven't done everything possible, because God is a God of mercy, you can go back to God and say, okay, God, I failed but not forgive me. But I don't want parents to now have this guilty conscience to say, maybe I should have done this, maybe if you, even if you should have done it and you didn't do it, go to God, ask for mercy and continue to pray for that child. But I don't think we should um, be weighed down with guilty conscience to say, ha, and I tried to. If you know in your heart that you tried everything that God has given to you to raise your child, excuse me, please, don't feel guilty. Of course, you love your child. I always tell my children, I say, look, right now, if I die, I will face God and I say, I have done everything you have told me to do in the life of my children. So I let them realize that they also have a responsibility to respond to the nudges of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Thank you.
Thank you so much for that. That's very, very, very concise. And I think um, you've just, you've answered it so right. Um, there's nothing to be added. I think Pete is back. Thanks. That's the first question. We've still got two more. Yes, please go on. Yeah. Thank you, Pastor Maureen. Thank you for that. <laughs> God bless you, man. God bless you. <laughs> I, I, I apologize, everyone. I don't know what happened. For some reason, my my battery just went, and even though it wasn't low, so but but yeah, I'm back. Yeah. Um. The next thing I want to talk about is um discipline. 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 God expects us as parents um, to discipline our children. So, um, Bible says in the book of Proverbs 13, verse 24, Bible says, whoever spears the road, aids their children. So, God expects you as parents to discipline your children. So, so one of the one of the great the, the best thing that we can do for our children if we actually love them is to discipline them. So discipline is part of our responsibility as godly parents. Discipline is actually an expression of parental love. So God expects you and I to discipline our children. The purpose of discipline is to help the children to mature. So discipline is very important. Ephesians 6, 4. The Bible says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. So discipline is very important. So God expects us as, as, as Christians to discipline our children. Amen. I, I hope everyone can hear me. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. First we can all, hear you. Can we hear can hear you. Yes. 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 I can't actually see myself. Oh, that's why I <laughs> So God expects us as, as, as parents to discipline our children. Proverbs 3, verse 12, Bible says, The Lord disciplines those who, whom he loves. So discipline is part of our godly, the godly parenting that we should do as parents to discipline. So failure to discipline your children is actually an act of disobedience to God. So you need to discipline your children. I know that for some people, they might be soft and they might find it difficult to discipline their children, but you have to find a way of disciplining your children if they do anything that is wrong. So discipline. And when we discipline them, we need to discipline them without breaking their spirit. Very important. Don't, don't let's break the spirit of our children as a result of discipline. Mm. Let's make sure that their spirit is not broken. You can't, you can't afford to break the spirit of your children. When you break the spirit of a child by saying some words that might hurt them or that might, that might make them feel little. So don't break their spirit. Don't, don't say words that, that, would, that would put the child down because you will break their spirit. So God expects us to discipline our children. So if you want to discipline a child, you carefully explain what they've done wrong. What have they done wrong? Take time to explain to them what they have done wrong. Don't, don't because of what they have done wrong yesterday and decide to discipline them today. Add it to the one yesterday and the one before and decide to now give them the discipline. No, discipline them straight away. As godly parents, whatever they've done wrong, explain to them what they've done wrong. Let them know why you want to discipline them. Never discipline a child in anger. Don't discipline them in anger. Make sure that you are relaxed then you discipline them. So discipline is very important. Another thing God expects of us is that God expects us as parents to be patient with our children. 
So let's try and be patient with them as godly parents. We need to be patient with our children. After all, the God that we model, because we model God in discipline, in, in parenting our children, the God that we model is patient with us. So why are, we, why are we not patient with our children? So we need to be patient with our children. Colossians 3.21, Bible says, Fathers, do not provoke your children to hunger, lest they be discouraged. So don't let's provoke our children. Let's be patient with them. Yes, they might have done something wrong. Yes, they are not supposed to do what they have done. But be patient with them as parents. Don't provoke them. Don't discourage them. Because they are not meant to be discouraged. So as parents, be patient with them. Exercise patience. I'll give you an example. Well, I, I, my, my son, I um, because we have like a, ro ro um, I would say a rotor. I don't know whether it works or doesn't work. <laughs> It's another thing. But we have a rotor for, for washing the dishes. And they have a rotor. And it was his turn to wash the dishes. So I told him, okay, go, go and wash the dishes. And he, he, he heard me. I said the first time he heard me. He didn't do anything. Second time he didn't do anything. So I just thought in my heart, what am I going to do? I was patient. At this time, I was very, I was very upset. But I decided that, okay, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to make sure that, that it's, it's full for that evening. I will keep it until he does the dishes. Then I will release the food to him. So I so I just decided that, okay, that's what I'm going to do. So I left him. So it was just, as I was cooking, I didn't do the dishes. Then when the food was done, he said, oh, mom, my food. I said, when you finish the dishes, then I can release the food. He thought I was joking because I'd never done it. But that thing just stopped in my spirit that this is what will work at this time. Oh, this is what will work. Whether it will work tomorrow, I don't know. But this time, this is what I received that I should do. So he went to do the dishes, and after doing the dishes, I released the food and he had it. Before I, before I made sure that I, 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 I kept the food, I made sure that it wasn't that he was starving. I made sure that it was okay. So after, it, after doing the dishes, I released the food. So, so discipline is, is part of it, and God also expects us to be patient. Be patient and mm -hmm. not take the action. Another thing that I want to mention is communication. Very important to communicate with our children. Let's not shut them up. Let's listen to them. Let's 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 not just keep talking, keep doing the talking. We as parents, because we are adults and we keep doing the talking. As godly parents, let's take time to commit to actually communicate with our children. Let's talk to them. Even even from when they are in the womb, we talk to them. We we make sure that we lay our hands on our tummy for those people that are still expecting. Lay your hands on the tummy and talk to the child. They can actually hear you. Talk to them. Whatever you desire, talk to them and keep praying. Talk to that child from the womb. Communicate with them. When my when my one of my daughter, I don't know if it was my daughter or my son, as soon as they came out, they heard the voice of their dad. They knew that this is the man that has been talking to me from the womb. So they actually can recognize us. I don't know if it's medically correct, but I know that that worked for me. They could recognize that that is the man that was talking. So we should make sure we talk to them from the womb. I remember when I was pregnant with my daughter because as a teenager. When I started my monthly period, anytime I start, it's always very painful for me. And sometimes I, I went to a boarding school. Sometimes I wouldn't, I, I can't attend classes. I would have to be in a primary because I'm on my monthly period. It was, it was that bad. So I made up my mind that if I have a daughter, I will be praying for that child from the womb that that child will not have period pain. Because I have friends that don't even, when they are even on their period, you won't even know that they're on their period. But as for me, I would always, it would always be painful, painful, painful. So when I when I got pregnant with my daughter, I was just praying, God, as soon as I knew it was a girl, it was going to be a girl, I was just praying, God, I pray that this girl will not have my period pain like I did, you know. I was just praying, praying. And guess what? When she, when she started that period, 
she she told me she doesn't have period pain up to now she doesn't so we need to we make sure that we we communicate with our children communication is very important when when it comes to godly parenting bible says in the book of psalm 37 verse 30 bible says the mouth of the righteous utters wisdom and his and, and his tongue speaks justice so we need to communicate with our children communicate good words with them communicate how they are living tell find be their friends befriend them be their friends not just their mother or their father but their friends befriend them and be intentional when you are communicating with them be intentional don't 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 let it be about you about what they haven't done in the house let it be about them let them do the talking you do the listening let them do the talking, you do the listening. It's very important. I have, um, I, I heard a story about uh, a families, or the family told me the story, and um, they, in their in their own house, they have like a, um, like what is, they call the, the, my me time. So if it's your time to communicate something to the family, you then you can always call for that time, and you will sit the whole family down. Even if it's the youngest person in the family, as long as it's your day to communicate with the family, you sit mommy down, you sit daddy down, you sit everybody down, and you tell them how your day has been, you tell them what you don't like that daddy did, what you don't like that mommy did, but that's their way of communicating, and it's worked for them. So they communicated, they communicated with the family, within the family, and it's worked for them. They could listen to their, to their, to their doctor, they could listen to their sons. Because that time is set for that, and everyone knows at that, that time in the house, everybody, that even if daddy is upset, daddy has to listen to this resource time to talk. And they communicate and they hang on this house. So very important that we communicate with our children. Not, we shouldn't raise them up the way our parents did it, because our parents, most of the time, they, when we're growing up, they will shut you. They won't even let you talk. If you want to talk, most parents, that's how they do. They won't let you talk if you want to talk. So don't let, don't let them shut, don't let us shut them down. Another thing is that we need to, as godly parents, we don't encourage bad habits, don't encourage bad behaviors, don't encourage laziness in the house. So if, if a child, for instance, does not want to do the homework, don't say, oh, you will do it the next time. Because if you say that they will do it the next time, you're indirectly encouraging them to be lazy. So they become, so, so it becomes a habit for that child. And when they go older, they, they become lazy. So we don't want that. So we don't want to encourage, as godly parents, let's not encourage bad habits. Let's not encourage bad behavior, because indirectly or directly. Because as a, as a parent, you want them to behave well anyway. But sometimes, unknowingly, we encourage some behaviors that are bad. Maybe because you can't just be bothered to discipline them. Or maybe you felt like they, they, are, they are used to it and you just let it be. No, we need to no, we'll not encourage bad habits and not encourage them to be lazy. The Bible says in the book of Proverbs 10, 4, it says a slack hand causes poverty, but a hand that is diligent makes rich. We don't want our children's hand to be slack. We want them to be diligent in everything that they do, no matter how young they are. So as parents, we have to constantly, constantly make sure that we, we, we encourage our children to, to have good habits as they, as they grow older. If you if for instance, if your child is constantly <clears throat> constantly protect your child, which is good, we have to protect our children. Don't get me wrong. But if, if 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 you as a parent or as a mom, you constantly protect your child everywhere they go. You constantly defend them if they are in, in any argument with anybody or they are talking to someone. You constantly make sure you defend your children. You are indirectly training them to be arrogant, and we don't want to raise up arrogant children. 
So if you are defending them, you are telling them to be to be arrogant. You are saying that they are always right, and nobody is always right. So your children cannot be always right. So children need to to be humble and they need to repent, just like we adults as well. So let's make sure that we 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 ensure that we we, we do not defend our children when they are doing anything wrong. Now, for instance, um, if if you if, if if I don't know some some people their children are in football team. Let's take an instance. If your children, your child, you know that your child is very good at playing football, and for some reason, the, the teacher for some reason did not select your child as part of the team of the football team, and you go and stand up for your child in school and say, why you my, my child should be in the in the team? Blah blah blah. Sometimes there's 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 a place for that, but it's not every time that you go and stand up for the child to say, oh. They, they have to be in the team, and blah, blah, blah. you don't know what the teacher puts into consideration. Mm -hmm. So we, we we can't we should allow our children sometimes to fail in codes. We should allow them to fail so that when they grow older, when they are adults, if there is a promotion that they are expecting and they come through, they will be able to manage it. They will be able to look up unto God to for help. If they live as an adult, as a, as a young boy, they ask a, 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 a lady on the date and the lady says no, they will be able to handle it. But if we are always there as parents, going to fight for them, going there to fight and don't allow them to fail and face life, then we, we, we won't be training them in a godly way. So we need to let them be strong and be able to face things in life. Another thing I want to talk about is have fun with your children. Have fun with your children. Go on holiday. I know COVID will not let us go on holiday now. We're, we're trusting God that COVID will soon be over. So go on holiday with your children. Take short breaks. Go to parks. Take a walk with your with your son or your daughter. Go on. Go take watch movies together. Try and relax. Chill out after work. Don't be that mom that is always like frowning after work and put the bag on the on the on the couch. Go to the room. Who did this? Ah ah. Look at the look at the floor. Ah ah. You didn't you didn't lock the door. Who put this? Ah ah. Calm down. There is no inspector that is inspector that is coming to your house to check your house. Calm down. Take a chill. I 
was really upset. I just, I was shaking. Then I said, how long has this been going on for? She told me. I noticed that it's been going on for a while. And she's been in the house. She never mentioned it. And she told me, mom, you can't go to school and tell them. You can't, you can't tell them about it. I'm just letting you know. I said, okay. I said, okay. I can't promise anything, but I've heard you. I couldn't sleep overnight. I was just praying. And the Holy Spirit gave me instruction. and gave me wisdom. So that day, I just emailed the teacher and told the teacher, I'm, I want to come in and you cannot disclose this to my daughter. So I went to school. I handled it. And from then, I decided to have what we call the girl's time. So just my girl and mom, we have girl's time. So girl's time, we talk about anything. So we have girl's time. We talk about our friends. We talk about different things. So she, we became closer. So make sure we have you have fun. You have more time for your children as well. Very important. Another thing that I want to talk about is your presence. Your presence is more than your presence. Your presence in the house is more than the presence that you give them. Our children are more uh, need more of our presence and fewer of our presence. So a lot of times we buy them gifts, Xbox, PlayStation, um, da, 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 da. but your presence is more important. Even God, that is our role model, we, we, we come into his presence. So why do we think that we, our children do not deserve or, or why don't we give our children more of our presence than our presence? So it's very important that we give them our presence. Let's be at home. And it's not just being at home. I'm not saying, when I'm saying being at home, I'm not saying being at home and locking yourself in the room and on the phone to um, sister so-and-so-so. You're on the phone to another brother. You're on the phone to this. No. When you are present in the house, be be, let them see you and you actually talk to them and, and communicate with them and enjoy being a mom and enjoy being with them. Be their friend. So our presence is more than our presence. Bible says in the book of Matthew 28, 20b, says, Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. So God is with us always. And the God that is our role model when it comes to parenting a child is with us always. So let's try and as much as possible, in our own human efforts, be with our children the way we can be with them. We only have limited time to spend with them. They will, they will grow older and they will live on. So the time that we have to spend with them, let us enjoy it. Let us ensure that we give them our presence more than we give them presence. Psalm 31 verse, verse 20, Bible says, In the cover of your presence you hide me. It says, from the plot of men, you store them in shelter from the strife of tongues. So presence is very important. So the God that we model after, ensure that he gives us his presence. So let's give our children our presence. Amen. And something else I was going to say is that um, giving your children your, your presence, sometimes they, they, might, they might be wondering, especially if they are teenagers, they are wondering, What's, what does mommy want? So but you have to find a way of making sure that this is a new mom, if you haven't been doing it before. This is a new mom, and I want to make sure that I'm there for you. My son, for some, um, before she, before he would like, he, he's always like, he will be frowning, and I'm like, why is this boy frowning? Even though he's happy, but I find out that sometimes he frowns. And it, it, I was concerned, so I decided that I was going to be singing a song to him. And I started singing, singing the song, and the, and the song goes, um, "Smile, don't you know God loves you? Come to think of it, I love you too. 
take your time to smile at someone and before you're through someone will be smiling back at you i kept singing that song forgive my voice i kept singing that song to him and after a while it was smile when i say someone will be smiling back at you it was smile and that worked and that worked i kept saying even up to now i sing it to him sometimes when i see that he's frowning so always find something god will always give you idea so we find something that will make them smile that will make them be comfortable with you that will make them be comfortable with you sitting where they are where they are so even if, sometimes i go to their room i will sit on their on his bed sit on my daughter's bed try and have fun with them and spend time with your children another thing i want to i want to share with us is that show your children how to be kind show them how to save money show them how to do house chores show them how to love people very important house chores very important i heard a story about a little boy who who gave um, his mom a pill because he has been doing some house house chores and the bill reads he says i'll put out the bin mom that is two pounds he says i have hoovered the car another two pounds i have tied the lounge another and put my toys away he says another two pounds i put the dishes in the in the um, in the dishwasher that's another two pounds he says i have cleaned my room i make sure everything is tidy that's another two pounds and the bill says mom your total bill is 10 pounds so his mom now decided that she too she will write her own bill and the bill reads i have washed your dirty clothes and i have hired them for 10 years you owe me ten thousand pounds he says i have been buying and preparing your meal for 10 years that is another twenty thousand pounds he says i have nursed you and i have covered you and i have protected you the way i can protect you as a mother for 10 years, he says, you owe me 30,000 pounds. He says, I have helped you to school. Because I have helped you with your school homework. And I have driven you to school to and fro for five years. That is another 10,000 pounds. He says, total bill, I love you, son. So he's, he's really, amazing. we should teach them how to love. In as much as we are teaching them the house shows, teach them how to love. So sometimes we need to let our children know how to do things and how to love people another thing i'm going to share with you is um, your personality as your parents as a godly parent your personality has an impact on your parenting style the personality some of us are soft some of us are approach as soft it's not like we are weak parents some of us we are very strong and when we tell our, our son do something like this ah wow they quickly do it or you tell your daughter da, da, da. so some people they will be like ah Mom, mom, I said the same mom twice. You say, okay, do it. Um, once you finish paying that game, make sure you sort it out. You know, but you need to know your parenting style and and stick to it. Don't compare yourself with another parent. The fact that um, parent A can just tell her son to do something once and the son does it does not mean that parent A is better than parent B. Your parenting lifestyle is just different. So, and and, and, your, and your, your lifestyle yourself has an impact on, on your parenting style. So we need to make sure that we always know that we are different in whatever we do and, and, and how we raise our children. The second thing I'm going to do, another thing I'm going to talk about is prayers. Prayers. We can't emphasize, or emphasize the, the power of prayers. We have to pray for our children. Make sure you pray for your children. Let them hear you pray for them. 
when you're praying for them, when you're reading your Bible, let them see you do it. Don't just lock yourself in the room and you're praying and when it's time to study the word, close the door, close the door, close the door, close the door, I'm, I'm, I'm having my quiet time, close the door. Let them see you do it. Let them see mommy studying the Bible. Let them see mommy praying for them. You're praying in the car, you're mentioning their names. Let them hear you. Go to their rooms, anoint their rooms. And they say, what are you doing? I'm anointing your room. Anoint their rooms as the Spirit of God prompts you. Do it as the Spirit of God prompts you. I send in, like Pastor Bunny said earlier, I send in um, prayer um, broadcasts, prayer broadcasts every daily, and the prayer broadcast is specifically for children. I send it daily. And what God inspired me to do is to pray with the alphabet. So, and it's amazing when God gives me something about uh, an alphabet, I'm like, ah, God, we should pray about that. Yeah. God will say, pay for pornography. You need to pray. There are a lot of, a lot of children that are going through pornography. Moms need prayers to help their children, to deliver their children from pornography. So I go, pay for pornography. God tells me, Q, qualified by grace. Tell them that their children are qualified by grace. Then we do a 10 minutes broadcast, qualified by grace. Never again, hand for never again. We, it's just some things that our children need to be delivered from. You as mom should be crying to God. God, help my children, deliver my child from this. We go hand, never again. And special needs, we pray. There are a lot of moms that have special needs children. They need prayers. And the children need prayers as well. So that they know that they are special. They are God's gifts. We go hand, special needs. Hey, anxiety, we pray. So pray, always pray for your children. Very important. Let them hear you pray, and you pray for them. Very quickly, I go, I go through the characteristics of a godly parent. Grace, grace and forgiveness. That's a good characteristic that you should have as a parent. As a parent, you should be willing to model forgiveness and grace to your children. Willing to model forgiveness and grace to your children. First John 1 John 1.9 says, confess our sins is faithful and just to forgive us so let's love our children let's forgive them sometimes they do some things that really hurt but bible says love covers multitude of sins so because we love our children let's learn to forgive and model forgiveness to them model forgiveness to them hallelujah i had um i had a story about say about a child that um um had this, you know, when they give um, children um, um, letter, authorization, authorization letter to, to sign for their parents to sign if they're going on a school trip. So this child forgot for one reason or the other, child forgot to give it to his mom to sign. So he decided that, um, and it was a deadline, so he decided to sign it on behalf of the mom and gave it to the teacher. So when he signed it on behalf of the mom, gave it to the teacher, the teacher of course knew that something was wrong. And when the teacher asked the, the boy, the boy said, um, yeah, yeah, my mom signed it. So the teacher decided to ask the mom, and the mom said no. So it now became an issue, and they had to call the mom to the office, and they talked, they spoke about it. Even though the mom was upset, the mom told the child home, and, and told the child to write an apology letter to the teacher. But in that story, the teacher, the, 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 the child learned that even though I do something wrong, I can still come to my mom and tell my mom that I've done something wrong, and my mom will still embrace me, tell me off, but embrace me. So let's ensure that even though our children, sometimes they do something wrong, they can still come to us, bring their failures or whatever their setback is to us as moms, and we can we can help them out. But if, if, if we make it difficult for them to come to us when they've done something wrong, they will go to someone else. So let's make sure that we are forgiving 
and we and we model forgiveness to our children. Give them grace. We are humans. Give them grace. So they might have done something wrong, but give them grace. Forgiveness reduces tension. So when we forgive, it reduces tension. Is a point. Is is an is an evidence that we we are modeling God, which is the which is the God that we should be modeling when we say we are doing godly. When we are say we are godly, godly parenting. Another thing I want to talk about quickly is generosity. Generosity. I just I still have some time. Okay. Generosity. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 16. Bible says, and do not forget to do good. It says, share with others for, for with such sacrifice is God is pleased. So let's let's model generosity to our children. Let's be generous. It's a good thing to have. Persistence. We've, we've kind of talked about persistence. Make sure we are persistent in, in when you when they do anything wrong. Find another way of telling them that this thing is wrong. Be persistent. Don't give up on your child. We can't afford to give up. Don't give up on them. Do your best. Like Pastor Murray said, do your best to make sure they get it right. When you've done your best, then you can now say, God, I know I've done my best. But keep trying. Keep trying. Remember that they are gifts to you. Keep trying. If, you, if, you've done, if they've done something and you don't know how to go about it, talk to God that gave them the gift. They give you the gift. Talk to him. Ask God for wisdom. On how to bring up, bring them up. Ask God for wisdom on how you can tackle anything that they've done wrong. One of my, one of our family friends, they, they, um, they, they had the challenge of who does the dishes. Like you know, I told, I told you about rota in our house. We do rota, and I know, know there's some other people's house they do rota as well. So they had this challenge. So one day we went to their house, and because they're kind of close to us, so sometimes we have relaxed time, we have dinner with them. So it was just one of those evenings that we went to their house as a family. And we were dishing the food. And I noticed that she has she dished everybody. I kind of counted with my eyes and I noticed that one was missing. And I was like, ah, did she do that by mistake or something? Then I noticed that in the pot there was still a portion of food left in the pot. So I kind of like point her attention to it that, oh, one is missing. So she told me, she said, Oh, she did it deliberately. I said, Oh, you did it deliberately. She said, Yes. She said, because the person that the, the food, the plate is missing. Has not washed, has not washed his dishes. That in their house, everybody have their own plates. That she now does it. That everybody have their own plates. So if you do, if you use your plate and it's dirty and you did not wash it, then you will not. I will not use another plate. She will not use another plate to save your food. So you will have to wash that dish, that plate that is dirty. And while we're still talking, the boy that didn't wash his plate ran, ran from upstairs with his plate to wash because wants to eat. So that worked for that family. So you need to find something that actually works for your family. So just that's just an example. So another quality that we should have is that we should have the spirit of a servant spirit. A servant spirit. A servant spirit of not living just for ourselves. Because sometimes we can we can be so tied up in our own ways. So we need to have that servant spirit as a godly parent. A servant spirit is a godly spirit. So that we serve our family, we serve our family. Another quality that we, another quality that we need to have is orderliness, orderliness. So orderliness, no confusion in the house, is a good quality to have as a parent. Let's be orderly in our house. Another thing is, I'm, I'm trying to go faster now because I'm aware of time. Be an encourager. As a godly parent, you have to be an encourager. When a child is, when a newborn is. Is, is brought into the house and when you carry a, or when you carry a newborn when, when you are rocking them you're kind of encouraging them 
encouraging them. You're kind of encouraging them because you're comforting them. And as they grow older, let's keep encouraging them with our words, with our action. Let's keep encouraging them. Very good to be an encourager. It's a very good quality to have as a godly parent. Parents also, we have to, we also have the duty to be honorable. I know Bible says that, that children should honor their parents, but as parents, we have the duty ourselves to be honorable. We have to be honorable. So we, we have to make sure that we we, 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 we ourselves are worthy of honor. Mm-hmm. So let's check ourselves out. Let's check our lifestyles. The things that will make us be worthy of honor. There was a story about a about a woman. She was um, she was downstairs in, a, in in the lounge and she heard the screaming of us. As she was screaming upstairs and they were like screaming. So she kind of went upstairs to find out and the door was locked. She opened the door. Why are you screaming? What happened? She said, oh, mom, we're not screaming. We're just hurting mommy and daddy. So that tells us that mommy and daddy screams in the house. So they were they were just hurting mommy and daddy. So we need to make sure that we are we, we have the duty of making sure that we are honorable. Let our lifestyle reflect the lifestyle of Christ. Let's portray how God wants us to be as a family to our children. So that they, when they are acting or when they are doing a role play, they won't be acting, someone shouting because you and daddy or you and auntie shout every time. Or you're always quarreling every time. So for, for, for a one year or, or a two year, they, don't, they might not understand why you do that. For them, they might think it's the norm. So let's make sure that we do things right when it comes to, to our children. Another characteristic that we need to have is love. Love, very important. We can't, we can't overemphasize love. First John 4, 8, Bible says, anyone who does not love does not know God. Because the God that we serve is love. So as children of God, as godly parents, we must exhibit love to our children, irrespective of what they've done, right or wrong. We must always love them. If we are finding it difficult to love, maybe because they've done something, we need to pray for grace to be able to love. And God will hear us. So we need to always love our children, express love, express express affection, give affirmation to them, give them attention. In conclusion, I want to um, <clears throat> give us the three L, the three L's, life, love, and laughter. Very important. The life that a child lives, very important. Let's make sure that we give them the life that Christ expects us to give them. Let's make sure that we love them. Let's make sure that there is laughter in the family. And there are three F's, rules, that should be in every home. We have to be fair, we have to be firm, and we have to be fun. Amen. Amen. I'm done, Pastor Bumi. God bless you. I don't know if anyone has questions. Pass the button, Pastor Bumi. Thank you so much. Thank you so very much. I'm just trying to quickly put the fear, fun, and firm on the on the chat. One minute. Fun and fair. Okay. So thanks everyone and thank you mostly, PT. We appreciate you. There's been loads of comments. Um if you have questions, please, please, please kindly put it on the platform. I know we read the first question earlier, and that question was, um, who is to be blamed if um, a child does not turn out well? And that question has been answered, um, yeah. saying that each child has a responsibility to follow Christ once their parents you know, have shown them the way. 
and once a child has reached the age of accountability every child is now accountable to god so basically you should not blame yourself that's what that is saying and peter has touched on a lot of things um discipline communication um gratitude speak positive words respect teach them god's way your conduct is very important your presence is more than your presence i love that one show them how to be kind to people how to love people house chores how to do things your personality as a parent has an effect on your parenting style and that is so true because you can only look at people around you and to be honest look at your friends even look at your mom anyone around you you would see that your personality the way you are the way god has made you is just it's just who you are in parenting and so you don't blame yourself or think you can be like somebody else you know you can't you can't be like somebody else i i remember when i was in um entertainment i've been in children entertainment and myself and my friend whenever we're doing you know calling the children and she she's such a soft person and she would she'll be screaming she you know she's really screaming on top of her voice but the kids are just like you know they're all looking and i just say hello children just once and you see all of them they just turn and that's because i've got a deep voice you know and i always say it, i don't even need a microphone i've always been like this from a young age so it's really who you are so you can't adopt somebody else's um personality be yourself love yourself you know be proud of yourself and let's take on all of this um godly points grace forgiveness generosity persistence find what works for your family that's very important have a servant spirit orderliness be an encourager be honorable love life love and laughter fear fun and being firm at the same time we really appreciate it. i'm just going to read the second question that came on and if you have more questions please do put it on the group and once again as well i'm saying thank you all to every first timer that has joined us you're only a first timer once on past the battle next month do feel free to reach us it's always the last friday of every month um the second one is um godly parenting when does this start and is it just quoting the scripture so let's take the first part when does this start you know godly parenting when does this start and secondly is it just quoting the scriptures anyone pt first maybe you can go and anyone yeah. you can add yeah. to it yeah yeah godly parenting starts as soon as you know you're pregnant with your child that's what i was saying you keep praying for the child that is in your womb keep talking to the child keep praying praying for the child so godly parenting starts from when they are when they are in the womb, you keep praying, keep sowing the seed of prayer, keep showing them love, keep inviting them, keep praying for them. So it's passed from the womb. So what's the B part? Sorry, the B part is does it just involve? I can't hear you. Sorry. Oh, apologies. Apologies. The B part is does it just um, involve quoting the scriptures? Ah. No, no, it doesn't, it, doesn't, it doesn't involve quoting the scriptures. It involves a lot of things like we've, um, we've mentioned, a lot of things, communication, just being a role model to them. Very important as well, be a good role model to them. So it, it doesn't, it's not, it's not just scriptures. Scriptures is just one, one, it's just um, one out of a lot of things that you need to do as a, as a godly parent. Does anyone else Can want I to add to that? Add? Yes, yes, please, Don. <laughs> I just want to add from personal experience as well. 
and the importance of listening to God for each child. Just the fact that you led a child one way or you, you raised one of your children one way doesn't mean that the other one, it will be the same. And as we are, you know, believe that we are all unique to God, each and every one of us are unique to God. And you know, Pastor Tyler has actually said something um, about how she was, um, you know, listening to God and God told her specifically um, how to um, discipline one of her children when it came to washing the plates. So for another child, that may not work. So a close work with the Lord, like I said, when I was answering the first question, knowing that this is an assignment from God and the beauty of it is God has the template for each child how to lead and guide our children. I think it starts from our mindset. When we realize that our children are not just, you know, something that occurred, it is planned by God. The Bible says that he knows our frame right from when we were, you know, when he was even putting us together, before we even came into our mother's womb. Every one of us, if we believe as parents that God has a pathway for us, then he has the same for each of our children. And so a close work with the Lord is very important. There are lots of times my husband will just come and he will tell my son, he said, I saw this right from when I was in the room. You know, so even our children, we always tell them, you can't lie. So you better just the truth so that you won't be, it won't be too long before you get the discipline that you have earned because of the error of your way. So sometimes my younger son will say, oh, mom, how did you know? I say, ah, I have eyes at the back. He's <laughs> called the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and he will just tell you exactly. I think if we as parents know that parenting is partnership with God, it will really help a lot of us. I think the other thing I want to quickly draw, one thing I have discovered, and I always say to my children, I say to them, in fact, they're listening to me as I'm talking now. <laughs> I always say, I said, look, I won't get tired. The devil tries to weary us yes. down. We think, oh, maybe mm. we are shouting. Maybe we are, of course, we shouldn't be shouting, but... You know, you may think, oh, I'm complaining to my husband. I always say to my children, I said, look, this is a job that I got from God. Do you want me to fail? They say no. I say, hey, you see, both of us, we are in agreement. So we have to follow God. Mm. And God has told me, I have to correct you on this. Mm. You know, so sometimes we have to practice that thing called tough love. You know, and don't give up. You know, sometimes, something, there was a parent in my church. She said, ah, you know this uh, young people. I said, no, no, no. That's not going to happen in my home. I said, I'm not boasting in myself. I'm boasting in the power of God. You know, Pastor Ty has told us, we need to be firm. There are some times, sometimes I see parents, when your children is 18, and they are showing showing belly button. I'm sorry, it can't happen in my home. Even at 18, at 20, it cannot happen. Eh? I don't have girls, eh? but I have boys. I've told them, that belt, the waist, is supposed to be for waist, not for hip. It's not going to happen in my home. It's not a matter of I am boasting. No, it's a matter of I have taught them from young. And do you know what I also do? I now also supervise to make sure that that law that we have put down is being followed. And so these are all the things that when the Bible says, when you train up a child, when he grows up, he won't depart. They will push the boundaries, but you have to be there to make sure you affirm it. The fact that you are 18 doesn't mean that I should be seeing your cleaving. It's not going to happen because I will have told you that this is not beauty. The beauty is the one of the heart. But some parents, when their children is 16, 18, they begin to get slack. That's the time when you need to even be more watchful and vigilant. And then you see some photographs and you're thinking, as, excuse me, this is not all. 
that's my contribution. <laughs> Can I have something? Yes, yes, please, go on. Okay, thank you very much, Pastor Tayo, for the awesome time. It's been an awesome time, and thank you for um, Pastor Maureen for, you know, the contribution. For question one and two, I just wanted to add as well that, you know, when God created, when God instituted marriage, it wasn't in isolation, and it's not meant to be in isolation. It's for a man and a woman. I know that some of, some of us, maybe I can say, are unfortunate that, you know, things ha didn't go the way we wanted it and, you know, I ended up in that divorce or something like that. But my point is, we also need to help our um, partners, our fathers or whoever, our spouses, to help our children because they are watching us. If, 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 if there is reason, there is a reason for God having the father as the head of the home. There is a reason for God planting the father there. There is a reason for God putting us at the, as the support of our husband. Hence, it's important. Yes, we know that there are some things that they, they, they don't count or they don't do very well or they, it seems as if they're not even interested in, especially from our own, in terms of our culture. Mm. But like we've all been saying, God's God, God wisdom is important. Mm. Wisdom from God. If we ask for the wisdom on how to deal with there's some things that it is not, in, well, in, uh, this is my own idea. It is not in our place as women to do for our children. It is the place of the men. Mm. And if they are not doing it, we are taking everything. We are not super women. If God created us as super women, we wouldn't put the men there. So sometimes we need to ask for the wisdom from God on how to you know, handle the situation in such a way that we push what we need to push for our men, our lovely fathers, to them so they know their responsibility and they take it on board. Because we, we are women, we are not men. We don't know what God, our God, their, their composition. And we need to, you know, give that to them. You know, there is a place in the Bible that says, mind your own business. We need to mind our own business and let them mind their own business yeah. as well. Yeah. So my, I'm saying that to say that it's important for us as women to help our men to be men to support them. That's what God has called them to be, so that they can support their children to be what God has called them to be. Can two work together except we be agreed? We can't be separate and be. We can't be working separately and saying that we are training children. We are training them to rely on mommy. A lot of times, that's what we do. We train them to rely on mommy. And so when these men grow up, they leave everything to the girls. Or when the girls grow up, they feel that they are super women. I pray that God may help us. And sometimes it's important for us to just step back and just, you know, see what will happen even it will if even if it will happen the way we don't want it then we everybody can see clearly what is it and then we all come back to the people and then we pick things up 
I, I pray that God will help us. And lastly, I want to say that we, we should model what we want to see. I know that Pastor T has touched on this. We should model what we want to see. You know, the, the, the world we are in, children are like monkey see, monkey do. What they see is what they do. For me, sometimes, if I want to pass a message to my child, I will. I may not even talk sometimes. I will do it. And then sometimes you say, Mommy, let me do it. I said, you, did you not see it there before? Now that I want to do it, let me do it too. And then next time she knows that, okay, this. How many of us, if we're saying, oh, our children, sometimes we want them to get us water, we want them to get us food, we want them to do this. How many of us actually see their plates on the table, they finish it, and we can take it to the kitchen for them? The next time you ask them, you don't even need to ask them sometimes next time to take it because you have, you, you have actually modeled what you want to see. I remember the first time I, I, I asked my daughter, um, um, do you want a cup of tea? She was shocked because that has never happened before. And she, she was really happy. I said, yes, mom, I want a cup of tea. I made a cup of tea for her. So she does the same thing. Without me asking, she will, and I'm not saying that that is, um, um, that's, uh, uh, we can generalize that. I'm just using that as an example. So whatever we want to see in them, we need, God will grant us the grace to model it. God bless. Thank you. Can I quickly say something, please? Yes, um, please, time go on. Uh, I want to thank uh, Pastor Tayo for that wonderful session. That was a brilliant, brilliant session. Well done. And I want to thank um, all the contributors as well. Um, I just want to add, a lot of things have been said, but I just want to add that it's what you have and what you know that you can pass on. Mm. As parents, the, I, I have observed from experience that most of the problems in the society today is from the home. And it's because parents themselves don't even know their right from their left. Mm. And when you don't know your, know your right from your left, you cannot give what you don't have. So I, I in, in maybe in subsequent um, sessions, yeah, and um, when we are talking, maybe we should also help parents. And uh, like that sister said, um, we have a lot of women here. I'm not sure whether this um, program is for women alone. It's good for men to be involved as well. So that whatever is being taught here, uh, both parents can also take it on board and help their children with it. Also, we should also know that there are single parents as well. My last sister that talked. Yeah, so how do you help that single parent that uh, there's no father figure or husband figure in their home? So I, I just want to keep this thing so that for future events and even for that which we have learned tonight, we can just think about it. Some people have had everything that's been said, but do they have the skills that's been taught tonight? How can they get those skills? Thank you, God bless you. Thank you, Reverend Olaink. I was about to say that um, to Sister Sheon that you know maybe because i know that a passion actually is in fatherhood and singles she's a coach um teen as well and i know this year we have a session with her where we're going to do a special for the fathers and we'll all be inviting our men to come and listen to her that's our passion that's our area and that was the question i was about to ask that um, she's asked right there that how do you because i know that there are single people here as well how do you you know 
encourage them maybe i i have some some ways of encourage, but i want to because that's your that's your area what are the things that you can tell them so that they can go here equipped with what they have how can they help if there's no father figure in the house thank you um i think one it's in, this is a very um important and sensitive area and um one of the things that um we always encourage people to do i personally believe that there are people in our lives that are role models you know there are some people there are some fathers that are in the home like pastor t said that are not present and what do we call role models these kids go outside to join gangs they have found a model in the gang that they have joined so for us as parents, especially if we don't have a father figure, and prayerfully seek people that you know are your child can actually learn from. That is, I think, the easiest way to go about it. Prayerfully seek somebody, even if it's a family friend that you start, you know, going to their house, joining them for a meal or going out together. I know it's really difficult at this time, but, you know, engaging them gradually so that they, they find that attraction with that person. And then you can now hand over the person, depending on the age of the child. Because, um, sometimes what what we see outside is not it as well so it's a prayerful thing prayerfully choosing a mentor a role model for these children sometimes it's um also it might be that you need to get like a coach for your child that a male coach you know for example i know that there was a particular area in my daughter's life that I felt I would, I can't handle, and uh, my husband can't handle, and I prayerfully looked for a coach who is trustworthy, who has my value, who is a Christian, and I, I paid the coach, not not three figures, four figures, five figures, for her to coach my child for six months in that area. So sometimes, you know, taking one step at a time, I think for 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 people like that the first thing is find somebody maybe maybe one maybe two in different areas that can support that child as a role model could be uncles as well but somebody that you know that your child can listen to if i say in my home i'm going to report you to uncle so 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 and so to okay Sorry about that. I think someone was calling me. I don't want that to happen. So we putting our children in a trusted hand, you know, goes a long way as well. If one of another thing that I say, and I say this with caution, also is um, either um, even if you are separated from uh, the man. If the man still wants to take responsibility in terms of talking to the children and doing their role, please allow them to do that. Allow them to speak to the, these are the fathers, except if there is a safeguarding issue or there are some other issues, not personal, because it, it, um, your child should not be suffering because you have an issue with your husband. Yeah. 
so if there if it's not a safeguarding issue and um no no worries at all you should be able to give and the, the man is ready to communicate with the children please give them that opportunity for people that have married or that have remarried as well this is something that um we can also you know it, it, it's about being wise about it and one of the wisdom that god has given me in the past that i've shared with men is if you if if you still have that relate if you have um your ex-husband still talking to your children you have to make sure that your ex-husband mm -hmm. and your husband are in good terms so that children your your your, your ex-husband's child or your child from your ex-husband will have a good relationship with your husband and with the man at home mm -hmm. it is wisdom let's not be selfish that's all i have to say for now thank you very very much i won't take any more on that i'm just going to round up um, before I go, I'll just do the last one and so that we can finish marked by 21.15. The last question is, why are children from Christian homes, um, why is it that they don't follow their parents' faith and don't attend church? Any solution? I'll only take two people on this one because I know that this one, um, we can we can be here till tomorrow about it. So just to, why is it that they don't follow their parents' faith? You know, what's, what's the solution? Please feel free to open up. Yeah, go on, please. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say, what, um, one of the things that I said is sometimes we might need to try another style. So sometimes we, we, we st our focus is still to get them to church. Or we, we might need to try another style, not just be rigid in the way we want to get them to church or with the way we're, we're trying to um, portray Christ or, or preach the word of God to them. So sometimes being sensitive and also talking to God about it, try to learn and hear what the Holy Spirit is telling you. The way that other people do it might not be the way that God wants you to do it, or might, might not be the, what, the way that you will do it and your children will embrace it. So that's Sorry to interrupt you, man. The question is why? Not how. Why is it that okay. children don't follow their parents to church? Sorry, that's the question. Okay, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Can I just say, from my own experience, I mean, thank God, um, you know, our children follow us to church. I think it's part of it is what um, Reverend Olayin Kabajomo said before in terms of um, uh, living out our faith before our children. Unfortunately, because I also mentor young people and I speak to young people, when parents, one thing I have discovered is that uh, um, sometimes as parents, um, we, we like to give our children rules that we don't follow. If yeah. they have lived in a home where they don't see us even going every Sunday, yeah. and maybe we come back home, we complain and whatever, whatever, where are they going to get that sense of loyalty? To a particular church i tell you one thing one day my husband and i we, we were we were home vacating okay so we were on staycation at home and we said oh we've never even gone to another place to go and fellowship let's go i must tell you our two boys and they are listening to me as i'm talking they were so reluctant they did it they said we want to go to our church they could not imagine fellowshipping anywhere else you know so 
Also, it can be because they picked it up from their parents that their parents are not overly, you know, happy with where they are. So how can they have that sense of, you know, loyalty? Another thing is, you know, when they go to uni, they mix with other people and possibly they started going to maybe your branch, the branch of your church is not there. And they've now gone through university to somewhere else and they've enjoyed fellowship there. If they've built a relationship, they've seen people that they love in terms of, you know, the style or whatever, it may happen. But all of these things, if you pray fully considered, you know, and if God imprints it on you, leave them where they are, then do so. And if God says, hmm, that's a slippery road to then prayerfully pull them back. But I don't think we can legislate. You must come to my church. Because yeah. really and truly, how many of us remained in our parents' churches? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I left. <laughs> so, you know, let, let's, um, so I think uh, that's my answer. Can <laughs> like I just... Please, the last contributor now, the last one, we need to close. I know we're all enjoying it. I wish it could go on, but I always like to close on time so that people can come again next time. So, yes, please, yes. whoever wants to talk here, that's fine. Go on. Okay. I, ju I just wanted to give people, other people, chance to talk. So, if there's nobody I can talk with, if there's somebody, then I'll, I'll hold my peace. <laughs> As you are igniting, you can talk because it's your area. So yes, I I think um, one point that always comes to mind when it comes to this particular talk is transparency and traditions of men or religion. I think more than you know, being a follower of Christ. Some of us are hooked on um, on religion. So, and what do, what do I mean by that? A lot of times, um, the word of God is alive and is sharper than two-edged sword. But a lot of times, one, we don't live what we preach. If we don't live what we preach, our children will, will take us as fake and hypocrites. Mm. And I'm not saying that we are perfect parents. And that's where the transparency comes in. When we have done something wrong, I, I was just talking to two young people, and all they are saying is, why will my parents say I should not do this, and they are doing it? Why are we having double standards? Do you now think um, on a, a good day, if you say this child should follow you to church, Yes, because we are African parents, they follow us to church. But every opportunity, any opportunity they have not to follow us, they won't. Because we are not living that life that we profess we are. Transparency also in terms of, there are so many things in the Bible that we don't understand yet. And then when our kids come to us and say, um, mommy or daddy, I don't understand this. And I'm talking from... Um, a teenager's perspective because this is what they have told me quite a number of times rather than you telling them you know what i don't understand it as well let's prayerfully look into it then what we then say next is what this is what it says and there is nothing we can do about it and we, we want them to be rooted these kids they have their own issues they have you know they talk to their peers you know this the muslim people they they are so rooted and they believe so much in what they believe in 
I don't know, probably because they were trained very well or they, whatever it is. But for us, it, a lot of our kids are on the surface. They are just on the, they are on the surface. They are not really rooted. And sometimes when they come to us, rather than us saying, you know what, I have never thought about that question before. I would let us um, look into it together. Rather than doing that, we just go bizarre in terms of no, 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 no correction here. This is what God has said, and that's what we do. I'll give you an example. Sorry for taking your time. That um, One of my friends told me this, said they were having um, a Bible study. No, let me just even give you an example of myself. There was a particular day, I think a couple of years ago, we were having Bible study, and then we... Um, my husband, myself, and my daughter. And we got to a place There was like, we didn't agree. My husband was saying this, myself and my daughter, it, it seemed as if our explanation matched each other. And then at some point, my husband said, my husband said, well, you and your daughter, you are conniving against me. And then he left. And I, I, I just told my daughter, don't worry, we'll pick this up later. And then I went to the room. I think I was really upset. And then after two days or after a couple of days when I'm calmed down, I told him, I said, look, Mr. Man, why, why this? What are we teaching this child? We are saying that they should speak up. They should, they should ask us questions. And then you are doing otherwise. We're not saying you are wrong or right in this case. We're just, you know, brainstorming. But what you have done here is you are telling your child that whatever doctrine anybody says, she should, she should take it. This is wrong, and we need to rectify this. That's my point. It's not that we are right. So what we had to do eventually is we came back together and we said, well, everybody, go and have a read about this particular, and let's come together and discuss it. And that was, that's my point, that we, it's not religion. But that is how a lot of us take it. So the child cannot talk to the daddy. Whatever the daddy says is right. That's not right. And so they will rebel. They will not want to follow you. They want to go to Ilsong that gives them opportunity. They want to go to those charismatic churches that gives them the opportunity. And I don't feel there's anything wrong as well, lastly, for us to try out our children's church. If they feel, if they are not going to us, we remember we are we we are saved already. These children are not. If they love this church, and this is my own opinion, you know, if they love a church, I will follow them to the church and see if they it's a living church. They believe in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and they speak in tongues. And if my spirit goes with that church, I'm sorry, I go with my kids. Thank you. Thank you very much. Time is really gone. Yeah, so time is gone. So we're, we're ending. Another time. <laughs> there are some things that need to also be cleared from this last uh, conversation, the last so, contributor. I think uh, another time we'll do that. Our time is gone. Thank you. I think we have a godly parenting part two. <laughs> Pity, are you ready? Okay. Thank you so much, everyone. I really appreciate it. Thank you for your time. Thank you for staying back. We had over 60 women tonight, and I feel that's very powerful. Glory be to God. And um, yes, we're going to pray now. But before we pray, can I... Let me see who can pray for us quickly. 
my namesake the woman with the longest name she knows herself please if you can unmute yourself quickly and pray she's a pk as well thank you thank you sis good evening Father, we thank you for this evening. We just want to appreciate you because you love us so much that you gave your only begotten son to die on the cross for us. You shed your precious blood for the remission of our sin. And Lord, you gave us the opportunity to approach the throne of grace at any point in time to seek for grace in time of need. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to come together this evening. We appreciate your presence in our midst as you promised in your word that wherever two or three are gathered, you are in their midst. So we have experienced your presence this evening and we are so much grateful for that. We thank you for what we have shared together. We thank you for the realization that you've given us this opportunity to parent. Thank you, Jesus, because you've given us, even as you've given us this opportunity, it comes with your wisdom. It comes with your understanding and knowledge. And Lord, we thank you for your daughter that have started this program. Thank you for the pattern that you have this evening. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the nuggets that we have received. Nobody is an island of knowledge. And we thank you because, Lord, you will continue with us. Especially in terms of parenting, we have no skills, we have no power of our own, so we depend on you alone, and we know that you will guide us. Mm -hmm. There's so much questions roaming on our mind, there's so much things I want to talk, I want to share about, there's no time for us to. And even as we discuss this evening, we just ask for your grace, even to continue, even for your, the power that is in us, oh God, through Jesus Christ, to teach us, so that we can be a good example for our children.